just quietly, let's just wait in his presence for a moment. Wherever you're watching and worshiping from, just pause in that space. Holy Spirit is there with you. of our week, we need a fresh taste of the things of the Spirit, we need to become attuned to His voice, become attuned to the things He wants to say, and so Holy Spirit, help those things to empty away, and would you fill us again in a new and refreshed way, we pray, in Jesus' name. today as we celebrate and think of all that we're able to walk in because of Holy Spirit, we have, as Brother Bill said this morning, a saint amongst us, and I'm going to have my wife Leah come and uh, introduce our guest speaker today. Uh, Marie grew up in the prairies and has gone around the world and is back again with us. That's my version of the last 80 years of your life, Marie. I'll let Leah do a little bit better job. And it has been a packed full 87, 87 years. This woman is uh, so humble that she will not tell you all of the things that she has heard God say to her. But I find it incredible because um, she is a woman that did not quit when she was asked to quit, I guess. Um, at the age of 65, she was supposed to retire. But God said, no. And so she just went and did what God told her to do and went back to Cambodia. And she has been, that was the beginning. At 65, that was the beginning of rescue. So God did a lot of things before to prepare you, I'm sure. There's just so much backstory there. Um, because she listened to what Holy Spirit was telling her to do, as he does. But it takes courage to step into that, and God honored it. And it was all for God's glory, and we can see that. So Dallas and I and the kids, uh, Brooklyn and Boston, we on our sabbatical, we got to visit Rescue in Cambodia. And it was so impacting for me and for the rest of us, because Cambodia has been through... Uh, well, I think hell is a good word for what Cambodia has been through. It was um, taken apart through the genocide that happened in the 70s and uh, through the Khmer Rouge regime. And literally millions died. Millions were killed. And it was, it's a, it's a horrific story. If you don't know the story, please, we did not know barely anything when we got there but we saw the devastation even at that time so they still have the effects of that genocide in Cambodia and out of that God has called so many beautiful ministries including Marie um, and Rescue where they have an orphanage and they also minister to the widows who have been affected by the Khmer Rouge regime as well and so there is there is from young to old in these three different um, places of rescue in Cambodia, and you'll see the video, and it tells the story much better than I can. But I want you to know that what you hear from Marie today is she testifies to the glory of God and who he is and what he's done 
in her life and through her and through all of these kids and uh, grannies that are embraced by the love of Jesus. And she is not going to tell you all, she's not going to have time to tell you all the miraculous things that God has done. So if you get a chance, look it up because there's a lot, a lot there. And we could all spend hours giving glory to God for all the beautiful things. So Marie, will you please come and share with us? And uh, I will pray for you before you share. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Probably none of us know how blessed we are to have this woman in our place because she is, she's a legend. Jesus, I thank you for Marie. I thank you for what you've done. We are overcome by your goodness, how you involve us in your plan, in your kingdom. And so God, I pray for Marie today, you have involved her in your kingdom and you have used her for your glory. So this morning, let that glory just flow from her and we will promise to give you back all the glory because you are worthy and because it is because of you that we all stand here today, that we get to be a part of your big, big plan. So may it be so according to your word for this woman today in Jesus name. Amen. It's a privilege for me to be here on Pentecost Sunday and I'm excited to share with you about Place of Rescue and uh, please if you see anything that you think is wonderful please know from where it has come. Huh? Uh, I know who I am and I know who the Lord is and he's done amazing wonderful things. So I want to show you a video first of all. It wasn't made just uh, this year. It was made a couple of years ago but it's still is a perfect picture of what we're doing over there. So I invite you to enjoy the, the uh, video. And uh, at the end of the video, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to try to answer them uh, in case there's something after you see the pictures you're still wondering about. And now I need help coming down. <laughs> oh. Want me to stay here? Okay, can you give me that? More than 10 years ago, a group of three Cambodians and one post-retirement Canadian missionary sat around a table and talked about how to register a non-government organization with the Cambodian government. All we had before us was 15 small houses for families living with AIDS and open rice fields. How inexperienced and ignorant we were we confessed our ability to the Lord and pled with him for wisdom, knowing he had promised to give it in his word. So we moved ahead as he gave the directions. Over and over again, we saw him provide in ways that surprised and delighted us. We began to help families living with AIDS in 2002 at the height of the AIDS crisis when up to 3% of the population was infected. Many men and women left place of rescue to go to their home in heaven. 
They left us beautiful jewels, their children. They were chosen to be rescued. Having been rescued by the Lord, they are no longer orphans, but children of the King of Kings, his princes and princesses. We have watched them gain understanding of this fact and develop into ambitious, self-confident young men and women who love the Lord and each other, affectionately responding to their younger brothers and sisters and being good models for them. It was their Heavenly Father who led humble, godly women with huge hearts full of love to come care for His children. How could a woman take on the task of looking after ten children of various ages, 24-7, responding to them with loving compassion and treating them like their very own, if it were not because of Jesus? How else could she stay year after year, receiving only a minimal salary? and not wanting to take off even a few days, because if she did, she would miss them too much, if it were not because of the Holy Spirit within her. As time went on, the Lord showed us that Cambodia did not have only orphan children, but also orphan elderly women, most of whom had lost their husbands and children during the Khmer Rouge era. Sweet old ladies came to join us. Not only were they blessed and helped, but also our children have learned compassion, watching them be cared for. Many have gone on to heaven. Their bodies lie buried in our small cemetery. Heaven began with one campus. We continually grew until we owned seven properties. The original place of rescue in Bakjan is the largest. Here we also have a school for grades one to six. Soon, grades 7 to 12 will be added so that our teenagers will no longer have to attend the local school where the education leaves much to be desired and they are in classes of 50 children. In 2008, Place of Rescue 2 was added. Children from this area of Cambodia, just an hour south of the Thai border, soon filled the 12 homes there. In 2010, another orphanage was added this time in the northwestern border town of Pai Lin. Homes were built for 100 children, and one by one, they have come to receive love and support. These kids don't have far to go to school. The school is right next door to the orphanage. If our high school students pass grade 12 exams, they have the opportunity to go on to university. In Phnom Penh, Rescue provides housing in a boys' dorm and a girls' dorm called House of New Dreams. Young people from Place of Rescue 2 in northern Cambodia attend university in the nearby town of Swaisisapan and stay in our dormitory there. Some young people decided not to complete grade 12 or fail their final exams, so they have the option of taking skills training. They choose a profession that appeals to them. Cooking, small motor repairing, cake decorating, car mechanics are some of the choices. Rescue continues to support them through the months of training. Usually, they live where they are trained. 
Once a year, a sort of family reunion brings all the children together as they joyfully participate in a beach holiday. The young people also come together at an annual youth camp. They come back from camp with great stories of the fun they had and with a renewed determination to follow Jesus. What is it that makes Place of Rescue Orphanage so special? Our children and adults need to know the Lord Jesus in a personal way. They need to participate in strong, emotional, joyful praise to bring inner healing. The greatest way to discipline and train up a child is with love. Receiving and giving love is of utmost importance for all. Our children must remain Cambodian. This is crucial for their self-esteem. Anything we can do to promote an appreciation of Cambodian lifestyle and culture must be encouraged. In order for this to happen, all staff must be Cambodian, and we seek to encourage the children to live like other Cambodian children. The boys and girls are given the opportunity to learn Cambodian dance. As they look at themselves and each other in their gorgeous costumes, they know they are beautiful. As they see who is managing the orphanage and who is taking daily care of them, they realize that they, as Cambodians, are capable of leading their own organizations and they can aim for leadership positions in the future. Self-esteem is further encouraged by the simple but clean homes and by the presence of lawns, flowers, and trees. The staff are encouraged to praise the children and not to put them down. Birthday parties where each child is honored, at least for a few minutes, help as well. We encourage the children to get a good education. Funds flowed in for us as we considered building our own primary school on the property. A generous donor provided for a library. Others helped with the purchase of computers. Realize it is of utmost importance for the children to learn English in order to get a good job. So English is taught beginning with grade one. I've always wanted the children to feel that Place of Rescue is their forever home, and I've encouraged them to always come back, even if their formal ties to us are no longer there. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, and to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. If not, that means I, we did a good job with the video. Now you know all about it. And please do remember to pray for us. Yes, we have those hundreds of children that we're looking after, plus the uh, uh, adults coping with AIDS. They're, um, they're the ones that are HIV positive are strong enough to work, and they all have jobs on the property. And then we have those elderly grannies that are so precious. And of course, we send them all on to university. So we have about 59 in university these days. That's a big commitment. Kind of scary, really, those big kids who want so much for them to love the Lord and follow him fully. So thank you for praying for us. And I want to just tell you a few little stories as we move along. I want to tell you about uh, Granny Sopal. She's one of our precious grannies that are there with us, and she's 94. 
when, uh, when during the Khmer Rouge time, which Leah referred to, she did not yet know the Lord at all. Cambodians have no concept of the Creator God. They have no concept of a God who loves them. But they know that there is a spiritual world. And so during the Pol Pot time, she was in charge of a group of homes, a, a number of families, and uh, 70 of them got cholera. And so they were so sick and she didn't know what to do. She was in charge. She had been given a couple of packages of sugar, but even that was not much of a solution because they couldn't eat anything. And they were just also sick and they were going to die. And then she went to sleep and she did not know Jesus, remember. She knew nothing. But isn't the Lord gracious? Because while she slept, she saw figures in white that came to her in a dream and said, if you will uh, see that bush over there, if you will take the leaves from that bush and boil them down into a tea, then your people will get well. And she, remember, she had those bags of sugar that they had given to her. And so she boiled up all those leaves and added the sugar and made this tea and gave the ones who were the sickest, she gave a whole glass full. The ones that were quite so sick, she gave less. And they all drank the tea and they all went into a totally drugged sleep. And they woke up and they said, could you get us some rice porridge, please? Now we're getting hungry. They cleaned up their space. They had a shower in the evening and they were all cured. And I am so impressed that the Lord knows his children before they even know him, he knows them. And, and she's blessed, I know that she prays. She loves the Lord Jesus so much now. I know she's praying for me as I'm here in Canada these days. And pray for, thank you for praying for our protection. Will you do that for us as we have all these children and adults that we're responsible for? Please pray for our protection physically and spiritually and mentally and in every way. This young man had a serious accident. He fell from a tree. His house mother, and can I say our house mothers are amazing. They just virtually adopt the 10, 11 children that are under their care. So she went to the hospital with, with this boy after he had fallen out of this tree. And she prayed when he got there, she said she prayed for 15 minutes straight that the Lord would help him. He, as he fell from the tree, he bounced off this little building that kind of broke his fall a little bit. And, but still there could have been serious head injury, broken bones, internal injuries, but he was left with only a small bruise on his cheek. And he is just fine and praise God for his protection. And for the fact that when somebody has an experience like that, it's so encouraging to everybody. And the Lord is with us, the Lord answers prayer. This is our precious little girl. She was uh, found in the dirt on the road before, in front of our gate one morning. And because it was morning, we named her Dawn Radiance uh, in Cambodian, that's my and isn't she a darling? When we first went out there to pick her up off the road, we didn't realize that she, is, she actually has Down syndrome, but that's okay. Right? She will reach her potential. She is already. She's the happiest, precious little girl. She's a, a real little princess belongs to Jesus. And of these university students, which, uh, my daughter is there in the group. If you maybe you can pick her out. She came to visit and to bring me back to Canada. And we had a wonderful evening with all of our university students. And I wish you could hear these kids worship. You folks like to worship. And these kids love to worship. I love the way they turn their faces up to Jesus and put their hands on their heart and sing. And I just sit there and pray, oh, please. 
please let it be real to them. Let it be real to them. Let them know that what they're singing is actually true. When they sing, you're faithful, you're faithful, you love us so much. And insert here that at, at Place of Rescue, one where I live, COVID came along and like you, we were told stay on your own property. And our kids used to go to church just down the street a piece. They'd have a children's meeting. And then later on, they'd have an adult meeting. So they were separated. Well, when COVID came along, we decided, well, we'll just all worship together in our own meeting place. And so now we have two-year-olds worshiping with those grannies. And it's so precious. Uh, the little ones, some don't know the words, but they'll be clapping. And, and some of them jumping up and down. And I, it's I just feel like the angels that are guarding our property all gather around, come come and listen to the children praise. And um, we we focus a lot on praise, and the young people lead the praise, not, not some older pastor or somebody comes up there and encourages. The young people do it themselves. Our kids have learned to play the keyboard, several of them, and they play guitars. And the worship is, is amazing, and I think that's a, a, a very big, a huge key for us. This little girl just came. I just got this picture since I've been in Canada in the past couple of weeks. 16 years old, never been in school. Her, she was living with relatives who were into drugs and encouraging her also to, to use, but uh, she's okay. And she's just come. She's never had a chance to go to school, so please pray for her. This uh, lady is very special to me. She is Bunrani, who is the president, the, the, the wife of the president of Cambodia, Hun Sen. She has been, since I first met her, she has been so wonderful to us. They, the Red Cross used to come, not because of COVID, now they've stopped, but they used to come every Christmas, put on an enormous Christmas party for us. Uh, food that was fit for any kind of a big official's wedding. They would have shrimp and beef and special salad and fruit and all this amazing food and then she would walk around and greet everybody and tell the boys off if the hair was too long <laughs> and she uh, she arranged for me to get a, a medal for having been there so long um, the day that she presented me with that medal I didn't know that they, they well they said face her and she'll put the medal around your neck and then turn around for a picture. And I did not know she would grab my hands. And I was deeply, deeply touched. And I looked into her eyes and I said, thank you very much. And she said, oh, and she kissed me on both cheeks. She, we are somehow crawled into each other's hearts. She's very precious to me. I believe the Lord is speaking to her. So will you pray in your heart now for Bunrani, the, the wife of the first lady, as you, as you would say, of Cambodia. When I uh, became sick, when I had to have cancer, when I knew that I was gonna have a cancer operation, I wrote her a little letter and said just, I'm not asking anything from you, just but on the base, basis of our friendship, I, I would like you to know that uh, I have cancer and I need to go to, to Bangkok to have an operation. She sent two Red Cross workers over and presented me with this enormous bouquet of gorgeous gold-colored orchids. I was so, so impressed and we sat and chatted because the Red Cross workers, of course, they're also into helping poor Cambodians, so we had a lot to share. And then she also gave me, a, sent along with them, a, a beautiful folder with a letter inside of it. So as I read the letter, and an envelope, as I read the letter after they were gone, uh, 
I was reading along and she, she very much referred to our terminology and, and said that she was praying to who is the Lord who is God. She was praying for me. She said a lot of nice things and at the end she again reiterated, I'm praying for you. And uh, she also said, along with this letter, I'm sending you, and I thought the number was surely must be referring to Cambodian reels because it's 4,000 reels to $1. But then I said it, saw that it said, no, it said, I'm giving you $20,000. So I was very touched by that. I, I have insurance. I didn't really need all of that, but I needed that gesture, and she needed to make that gesture. So we are close, and yet not the kind of thing where you can call up and say, hey, can we have coffee together? But uh, we love and respect each other, and uh, I really want to see her in heaven one day. Well, when I found out then that I had to have cancer surgery, it wasn't just, oh, I'll go to the hospital and get this done. Because we couldn't do it in Phnom Penh. It had to be done in, in Thailand, in Bangkok. And it was very complicated, and I was on my own to do all of this to get the paperwork. We even had to contact the, the Thai embassy and get permission to go into their country. Uh, there had to be a, a, it was difficult to get a plane because the, the planes weren't flying regularly. It was very complicated. And yeah, I was doing this on my own, which if somebody else was 87 and doing it, I would think, wow, that's a challenge. And uh, praise God with me, praise God with me, because he just showed me so much how much he was going to help me and how much he was with me. And as we sing, your presence, Lord, that's, that's really all we need, right? And as he showed me how wonderfully he was with me and, and cared for me, and I had to get a find on net, online a, a, a hotel that would take you for being quarantined, a special quarantine hotel. And I got this lovely room with, uh, I'm not so shaken with those paintings on the walls, but it was a lovely room with a lovely comfortable bed and a sitting room. They gave me two rooms. Uh, the food was terrible and I lost some weight, which was welcome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, was there for two weeks and then had to go to the hospital to have the surgery. Uh, Bangkok Hospital is one is second to none in the whole world. People would say, are you going to Canada to have this done? And I'm like, oh, get much better care right there in Bangkok. They took such good care of me when the doctor found out I didn't have somebody with me because in Asia you always bring a caregiver with you to the hospital who stays right there. They said, we're just going to keep you in ICU and you don't have to pay extra. And so they took excellent care of me. I told the doctor early on, one of them, um, I asked him if he knew the expression, uh, I'm a sissy for pain because they know English, but they don't know all the idioms. So, so I said, I want to teach you this. I'm a sissy for pain. And so as they were going to put me under to have the operation, he, he's there again, and he looks at me, and he says, you're a sissy for pain. You won't have any pain. And I'm amazed at the technology now because they put a sticker on my shoulder here that just looked like a plastic sticker. And those of you who are into medicine know it was fent a fentanyl patch that's amazing to me that that patch knew how to release just the right amount of that strong drug to just keep me keep me without pain during that whole time and uh, so grateful to the lord for that that i had no pain praise god for that through and through it all i had no pain but then I had to, after the operation, I had to stay there for a little bit, and I was in the Bangkok Christian, not Christian, but um, Alliance, Alliance Guest Home, excuse me, yes, Christian. <laughs> 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 I 
while I was in, in the hospital there, uh, I had a dear friend in the States, and she said, I saw you on like a Disney, Disney World dance floor, and Jesus, you were there, and Jesus was there, and Jesus came up to you, and he said, may I have this dance? And you said yes. That touched me so, so, so much, because there's so much in that expression, may I have this dance, which referred to this whole thing that I was going to be going through in the coming months. And it was precious to me that it was my friend that saw it. And it was precious to me that uh, I only then, of course, had a mental image of this. But then my daughter, Shelley, said, you're also this really great Korean artist. And she was referring to some of his pictures, but she had not found this one. I found it when I looked at that. He used her to point me to the website, and then he showed the Lord showed me on the website. And so there I am, dancing my way th with Jesus through this whole experience, and so grateful for that. So yes, then I went to the Alliance Guest Home and lovely Christian place, and uh, uh, the people that were in charge were a couple from Manitoba. In fact, they had a Mennonite background, so it just felt like I was going to, with cousins, right? And they were so kind to me, I ate with them, and they cared for me so so gently during the whole time that um, I post-operative before I had, had my final checkup at, and had to come back to Phnom Penh. But then that was, again, two more weeks of quarantine, two more weeks of terrible food. <laughs> and I, I had that long corridor there, and I would turn on march music, and I'd march back and forth, back and forth, thinking, oh, I'm getting so strong now. And I promised the kids at the orphanage that when Grandma comes back, we're going to have a big party. And I had it all planned in my mind. We were going to have not Cambodian food because they have that all the time. We would have hamburgers and hot dogs and banana splits and drinks. It was going to be a big party. And um, I got back home. I was so glad to see my helper again. And yes, I was thinking I was really well now. And uh, we did have that. Oops, sorry. <laughs> we did have that wonderful party. And uh, then I had to have chemo. The doctor said there are no more, there are no more cancer cells, but uh, we want you to have two sessions of chemo. That's when I had to continue to hang on to this precious verse. That's for all of us who have hair this color and all the rest of you coming up. Let's read it together. Even to your old age and gray hair, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Such a precious promise. And so I had that image in my mind of a, like a knight in shining armor carrying me through as I had to go again then to the, to the Phnom Penh Hospital and had to have chemo there and a lovely Thai nurse that administered it. And really, uh, I had nothing to worry about, nothing to be afraid of. But the chemo, of course, I was already from the cancer. I was already down a notch. And then one session of chemo took me down some more. And another session of chemo and also three, uh, three, three not vaccinations. So when I left the hospital, I, I was pretty much at the end of my tether and uh, reduced down to a walker at that time and feeling, okay, now I just need to get my strength back. The first thing I knew, I had fever. And I went back to the hospital once again. And had to have some more care. 
Then they said, uh, you've got pneumonia. And then they tested me and they said, well, you're actually, you're positive for, for, for COVID. And so I lay there in that bed and had such amazing memories and such amazing fellowship with the Lord that if I had the choice, would you, can we back up? And then you can choose, you want to do this or not? I would have said, let's go for it. Because I had such, such an incredibly precious time with the Lord. He, without any, being able to do anything, just lie there with, with, hooked up to, to IVs and oxygen. It was a very, very precious time, and the Lord made himself so real to me. During that time, I meditated at one point through my whole life from the time I was a little kid and, and uh, before I was born, and my mom dedicated to me to the Lord for his service all through my life where I could see what the Lord had done, and that was precious. And then I meditate, meditated through Psalm 23, and uh, I imagined I could see in my mind those beautiful, beautiful meadows in Switzerland on the mountains. and. He leads me into green pastures, and I could see in my mind this beautiful meadow. And then it's, uh, that psalm says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And in my heart and in my mind, I saw this flat stone with a checkered tablecloth on it and a kind of a French picnic on it with beautiful French pastries and cheese and wine and all this wonderful picnic. And then afterwards... I saw the Lord take me under under a big green shady tree because I had to rest. I was tired. And then that same figure that was in the dance scene, that same figure is what how I saw Jesus that day. And he came and just sat there beside me while I rested. And it was such a clear picture in my mind of just this this guy just sitting there beside me while I was resting. And I realized that uh, you know we say he loves us. God loves us. Jesus loves us. We know that since we've been little, if we've been raised Christian. and But, yeah, we know that. He loves me, okay? That's wonderful. But, you know, when I was there, when I was thinking about what I was seeing, I realized that he likes me. He likes me. That's, to me, that means something really completely different than to say he loves me of course he loves god loved the world but he likes me and that to have that picture in my mind of myself resting under that big tree and jesus sitting beside me just being there like a friend and that was very very precious to me as i was trying to get over this hump of spending two weeks with oxygen and ivs and 40 shots into my stomach for for blood thinners and finally, I got over that and was able to come home. But now I was in a wheelchair and reduced to a walker and uh, feeling weak as a kitten. But gradually, little by little, I regained strength. And by Easter time, my daughter had come to bring me back to Canada for a visit. And we were able to stand up together and sing, Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. So I thank you, thank the Lord so much. Please glorify the Lord with me. He was incredibly kind and loving to me. <clears throat> and I'm going back July 12th. I know I'm still supposed to be there. But I had the question, so now we've turned everything over, as you have heard on the, on the video. It's completely run by Cambodians. And uh, I don't really need to be there, not for their sake anymore, in the sense that I need to do anything as far as running the place goes. But one night I woke up, and this scripture is in my mind, and I know the assignment the Lord has given me is to be there to love and be loved. 
And as I see the, that last phrase, the greatest of these is love, that really in giving me the assignment to, to be there to love and be loved, it's really the greatest. It's the greatest assignment. I'm so grateful for that. And I uh, want to say to you, too, that even if we feel like we can't do the great things we would like to do, we can do the greatest thing because there are those around us who really need our love. If you are interested in sponsorship, we have these pictures. Please sign up and don't take a picture unless you sign up, okay? And I just, this little girl here, uh, she was born in 2006. Her name is Sina. Sina's mother passed away when Sina was six years old. Her father left her to live with her grandmother and he went to work in Thailand. After she had lived with her grandmother about a year, her grandmother died. Because there was no one to take care of her, the father decided to send Sina to live in an orphan center in Siem Reap. Well, that orphan center in Siem Reap turned out to be not a good place. And so now she's been transferred and she's with us. So each one of our kids, each one of those hundreds of children that we're looking after, each one has a story. And so thank you for praying for us. Thank you for caring. I just am so grateful for this chance to share with you this morning. Thank you very much. Sister, you might have felt weak like a kitten not so very long ago, but you're up here roaring like a lion is what I think it feels like for all of us that you can be doing that at this stage of life or have led it to this point of life. Um, we're humbled to be able to hear that story and to get to be a part of it. This season of the Rock Church right now, this May and June, we're doing something called the trifecta of generosity where we are, while well, we give in and take care of the needs of our own church. We also believe we can give over and above that and are asking you to do the same in order to help in three specific areas. One is in regards to camp that you would sponsor or give towards sponsoring a child or children to go to Bible camp this summer from within the, the ministries here of Bibleville Shift and C23 and Outreaching. We talked a lot last week about the, the Ukraine and the, the idea of us giving into a network of churches that are helping people who have been in war-torn areas come into safety and then also support the, the gospel and evangelistic efforts of certain churches throughout Ukraine. We want to be a part of that. But today we're focusing on Cambodia and uh, you, when you give, you're giving into this ministry that I... So many great things to hear today, but to hear of a ministry that w began with a vision and is established to the point that nationals are, are running it and organizing it, that's amazing. And that we can support our brothers and sisters from this side of the world while supporting them being raised up in their own country, their own culture, their own people, their own role models, rather than having to look across the ocean is, uh, is must be Marie's dream come true and is a, a really amazing thing. So when you give today, you can give online at uh, the website, www.trcyxc.ca. You can e-transfer at info at trcyxc.ca. You can use an envelope here. You can phone the office and they can take your donation over the phone. But just indicate which area you're giving to or which of the areas and how much you're giving to and we will see that it goes to the right place. Just before we worship together and you consider the offerings and your offering and Brandon comes around for, with envelopes for those who need it. I want us to consider this as 
something we would purposely do on Pentecost Sunday. We often talk about Pentecost Sunday and the coming of the power of Holy Spirit and what it does to each person individually and that we each get to walk in the power of Holy Spirit and that's true and that's yes and amen. But when you get to the end of chapter 2, you see the effects of what is beginning to take shape of this church that has been born. And you actually don't get a picture of just a bunch of individuals happy happily walking coincidentally in the same direction where their paths sometimes overcross or cross over. You're actually getting the picture of the body of Christ in the power of Holy Spirit working together in unity to cover all sorts of areas and all sorts of topics and all sorts of themes. And so I want to read the picture that Acts 2 gives us that Luke writes about, about how that church operated after Pentecost. They, the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a picture of what was going on there. And while today we're not taking an offering asking you to um, sell your personal properties or to uh, give everything and that we all start living in the church sanctuary in big bunk beds, five or six feet tall, I'm definitely not taking the top bunk. I'm scared of heights. But if you were to get the picture of what's going on, the Spirit of God came so that the people could operate and work and live in unity together with a heart for one another. And so when it says that they... um they had things in common and they, they gave possessions to give to anyone who had need. Today, I'm not asking you to feel a little bit guilty that you have a little bit better off life and you could throw a little bit of money over the ocean towards Cambodia. I'm asking you to recognize that we have brothers and sisters in other parts of the world that part of the privilege we get to do is to give into that. And not from just a place of, I'm going to sacrifice my Tim Hortons or I'm going to sacrifice a day of vacation or a hotel room or I'm going to sacrifice filet mignon instead of a regular steak when I go to the restaurant. Although there might be a place for sacrifice in all of that for us somewhere. The reality is Jesus throughout Matthew has says in a number of places, I came that you might that for mercy, not for sacrifice. He wants us to give with a compassionate, empathetic heart to others. And so as we worship the King of Kings, the triune God, would you ask the Spirit of God to show and speak to you what he would have you to give into any or all of these areas that we're talking about? And then we're going to come and close in prayer.